Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 16th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold hit three-week highs Friday morning after a tanking dollar and higher-than-expected inflation data suddenly got investors thinking about hedging. Gold is currently on track for its biggest weekly gain in nearly two years, snapping two straight weeks of losses. Spot gold has risen more than 3% so far this week, putting it on track for its biggest weekly rise since April 2016. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 1353.50, silver is at 1686, and the silver gold ratio stands at 80.49. Meanwhile, the dollar fell to its lowest level in three years this morning. Extending Thursday's losses, the dollar index against a basket of six currencies dropped to 88.253. A Reuters report noted that traders' confidence in the dollar has also been eroded by mounting worries over the United States' twin budget and current account deficits. Interestingly, just last month, Peter Schiff said these twin deficits, budget and trade, may ultimately doom the stock market. The last time these twin deficits were a big problem was in 1987. What happened in 1987? We got a giant stock market crash. Things look eerily similar today. After a 3.2% increase in November, the U.S. trade deficit widened more than expected in December to its highest level since 2008, jumping 5.3% to $53.1 billion. Meanwhile, the U.S. federal government continues to pile up debt. The budget passed last week added some $300 billion in deficit spending and raised the mythical debt ceiling. According to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, this $300 billion in additional spending ensures the annual budget deficit will exceed $1 trillion in 2019. This helps explain a strange phenomenon we're seeing in the markets right now. The dollar is getting weaker even as bond yields increase. This isn't normal. Generally, the dollar strengthens as Treasury yields rise. But as Reuters reported, Treasury yields have hit four-year highs. At the same time, we got a much higher inflation number than expected this week. Analysts had projected January inflation to come in at 0.3 after being up by 0.1 the previous month. Instead, the December number was revised up to 0.2, and January came in at 0.5. If you multiply 0.5 by 12 months, that comes to an annual inflation rate of 6%. This bolsters expectations that the Fed will continue to increase interest rates this year. This should be good for the dollar, but it continues its freefall. So what gives? In a nutshell, the rising bond yields are likely primarily being driven by worries about the deficit as opposed to inflation. So why would budget deficits push yields up? Well, it's, it's a simple supply and demand. The Treasury Department is going to have to sell trillions of dollars in bonds over the next few years to pay for all of this spending. The U.S. government depends heavily on three major buyers to finance its debt, China, Japan, and the Federal Reserve. And all of them are pretty much out of the market right now. So who in the hell is going to buy all of these treasuries? This can really only go one way. Interest rates have to rise. It's a simple supply and demand calculation. The Treasury Department has to sell more than a trillion dollars in bonds. Nobody wants to buy. Interest rates have to rise to entice buyers into the market. Rising interest rates create another problem virtually nobody's really talking about. 
According to analysis by S.R. Sraco, for every increase of 0.1% in the average interest rate, the U.S. government has to pay an additional $20.5 billion in interest expenses. Since tax revenue is basically fixed and decreasing due to this GOP tax plan that recently passed, every dollar that goes toward making interest payments is a dollar that can't be used to cover current spending. This means that the government will have to borrow even more money at a higher interest rate to cover the ballooning interest payments. Talk about a vicious cycle. Last fall, Mint Capital strategist Bill Blaine said he believed the great crash of 2018 is going to start in the deeper, darker depths of the credit market. With surging government debt piled on top of a heaping helping of household debt, it looks like Blaine may have been right. Speaking of household debt, the New York Fed released its latest data this week. It wasn't good. Total household indebtedness has grown to a record $13 trillion. Americans have been spending, but they've been putting a lot of that spending on plastic. Credit card balances grew by $24 billion in the last quarter of 2017 alone. Meanwhile, U.S. consumers owe $1.22 trillion on vehicle loans. This spending can only go on for so long, and there are indications that the American credit card spending spree may well be winding down. Retail sales fell unexpectedly in January, recording their biggest drop in nearly a year. According to Commerce Department data released Wednesday, retail sales dropped 0.3% last month. Analysts had expected a 0.2% increase. On top of that, the Commerce Department revised December retail sales downward to unchanged from the previously reported 0.4% increase. There's been a lot of talk about an improving economy over the last several months. Pundits and talking heads have pointed to relatively healthy economic growth. But could it be that this is just all a big house of credit cards? And could that debt pyramid be in danger of collapsing? And this brings us full circle. Rising interest rates are not what heavily indebted people need to see. One of the biggest reasons for gold surge this week was the sudden worry about inflation. Gold initially sold off when the inflation numbers came out yesterday. A lot of investors took that as a sign interest rates are going to go up, maybe even faster than expected. But as Peter Schiff said in his podcast, so what? That only matters if the Fed is able to raise rates faster than the inflation rate. But that's just not going to happen because it will burst the stock market bubble. The Fed is really stuck between a rock and a hard place, and I just don't think it has the will to sacrifice the stock market. It's going to sacrifice the dollar first, and that means more inflation. And inflation is good for gold. As Peter put it, especially since the Fed is not going to be able to put out this fire no matter how hot these numbers get. In other news, gold supply plateaued last year. Global mine output rose just a paltry 5.7 tons in 2017, according to data compiled by the World Gold Council. That represented the smallest increase since 2008. And that 2008 drop in output was something of an anomaly due to the financial crisis. Last year's drop in production in the midst of what has been touted as a strengthening global economic recovery and rising gold prices should raise eyebrows. Mine production in 2016 was roughly equal to 2015. In other words, we're seeing a trend of plateauing production levels. More significantly, Chinese mine production dropped by a record 9% in 2017. The only other time output has fallen in China was in 1980. The country accounts for 15% of the world's total gold production. This drop in Chinese mine output is part of a broader worldwide trend. 
As we reported last month, South Africa could run out of gold within four decades. Analysts say that at current production levels, South Africa only has 39 years of accessible gold reserves remaining. This could be another sign that the world is approaching or even has reached peak gold. Now, peak gold is the point where the amount of gold mined out of the earth will begin to shrink every year rather than increase, as it's done pretty consistently since the 1970s. During the Denver Gold Forum last September, the World Gold Council chairman said he thinks the world may have already reached that point. Randall Oliphant anticipated last year's drop-off in production, saying last fall that in the near term, production is likely to plateau at best before slowly declining as demand rises. Things seem to be playing out as he predicted. Now, we talk a lot about economic news, and we talk a lot about policy predictions and what the Federal Reserve is going to do. That's all important, but we should never lose sight of the most basic fundamentals, supply and demand. The gold industry may well be entering a long-term and possibly irreversible period of less available gold. As mining companies find it more difficult to pull gold out of the earth, it's going to mean less gold for refiners to produce for the consumer market. Remember, gold gets its value from its scarcity. To learn more about the current market dynamics in precious metals, call 1-888-GOLD-160 and talk to a Shift Gold precious metal specialist today. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on the show notes page. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.